Hey, I'm Latoya Johnston, the Partnerships Manager at BRIC, an arts and media nonprofit organization in Brooklyn. On this podcast, we talk with media share grantees about their work in the community and their experience making media projects. Plus, we'll hear what they're working on now. Today, we are talking with two representatives from Extreme Kids and Crew, one of the organizations that participated in the 2021 cycle of media share. Welcome to the Partnerships Podcast. Please introduce yourself and tell us your role with the organization. We'll start with you, Alex. Hi, uh, my name is Alex Baisley, and I am the communications manager at Extreme Kids and Crew. And my name is uh, Christian Peralta. I am the programs manager at Extreme Kids and Crew. So let's jump right in. Please tell us more about Extreme Kids and Crew. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. <laughs> um, I So Extreme Kids and Crew uh, facilitates uh, free arts and play programming for young disabled people and their families around New York City. So that might be in the form of after-school programs. It might be in the form of uh, weekly social groups that are centered around a certain interest. It might be in the form of regular uh, family events at locations around the city. Um, But the primary kind of uh, backbone of our work is creating a space to be uh, for families who maybe don't necessarily feel welcome in other environments due to judgment or or fear or pitying or or anything like that we're looking to really create a space where they can feel like themselves and be and be welcomed and feel at home so you said earlier extreme kids and crews model is a space to be what does that mean and why was it important for extreme kids and crew to create a welcoming space for children with disabilities We think that it's really important because kids with disabilities and their families are oftentimes um, looked at differently in uh, social settings, in settings with friends or with other families or something like that. There's a tendency to maybe feel sorry for them or feel like they can't participate in the way that another child can. And so we wanted to make these spaces to really let families know they can let their guard down here. They can be themselves and they can interact with other families who maybe have had the same experiences as them in the past. Am I missing anything, Christian? No, that sounds very accurate. (laughs) So do the programs happen in person or online? I could take this one. Um, So we have a variety of different programs. when the pandemic started, obviously we had to shut down a lot of our in-person locations, which were, which we were primarily known for having like um, all of these different community centers around different parts of New York City. And, you know, unfortunately we had to take our things out of those spaces. And then we had to, like a, lo- a lot of other uh, nonprofit organizations do, uh, we have to adapt. And so we did a lot of a virtual programming, th- you know, throughout most of 2020 and um, some parts of 2021. And and so we, we've been doing a lot of in-person programming and a lot of virtual programming um, as well. So now that you've done both in-person and online, what are some of the pros and cons of working with kids in those spaces? Um, I, got, I wouldn't 
I would say really the coolest thing is that we get to um, work with uh, more people, meaning um, when some of our programs were in person, uh, it would be a little bit limited because it was either too far from a family. And we're, we're trying to we're trying to provide programming from people from all five boroughs. And, you know, sometimes commuting around New York City can be hard, especially for the families that um, come to our programs. Um, and so we wanted to expand our virtual program programming so that it could benefit them and so that they can still experience Extreme Kids and Crew from the comfort of their home. So how do parents or caregivers sign up for these programs? Yeah, so um, the, the best way to sign up for our programs is via our website, uh, which is extremekidsandcrew.org. Um, and we have a panel that says programs, and you can kind of, uh, you know, in each individual tab, there's information about every program uh, that we currently have, um, like after school, summer camp, um, our uh Clubs, we, we call them. We call them clubs, which are like affinity groups that Alex mentioned earlier. It's like interest-based programming. Some are virtual, some are in person, some are both. It's like a combination. Um, and we could talk more about that later, I'm sure. But um, it's really easy to register. Um, you could sign up for our newsletter uh, to receive information about our programs every month, and that's also another uh, place where you can register. Yeah. So let's shift gears for a bit to talk about the work you did during the Media Share program. Yeah. What classes did you take? I know I took a social media class. Um, I can't remember who the lovely instructor was. I, I, I hate that I forget names, but um, she kind of went over um, like how to market yourself on like Instagram and you know, um, and some of those like social media platforms, what, you know, how to tag a certain post, what, you know, what are people looking for that will make them want to share your, you know, whatever it is that you're sharing and things like that. Um, that was one of the programs that I just remember. It wasn't like super hectic over at our side. We're a tiny, small nonprofit. So, you know, our team, sometimes we have a lot of things we have to do. Um, and a lot of, you know, tasks that we have to get done. But um, I remember I was like hyper focused for this one because I was like, I don't understand social media as much as I thought. And um, I thought um, she did some really great work. So that was one of the um, workshops that I did during the cohort. What about what about you, Alex? Yeah, I, I'm. I took the same one. Um, I I think I I think I also took producing remotely as well. Um, and. Really, I mean, both uh, classes, workshops um, were really, really incredible just because of the sort of intimate environment that they were in. Um, it's myself and a few other people and an instructor. And so there's really room to ask questions and kind of open up a dialogue and really be exposed to different perspectives or the different ways that other organizations are putting these strategies into practice. And so that was a really fascinating part for me, aside from obviously getting the kind of hard skills of marketing yourself on Instagram or uh, doing some sort of production at home um, via Zoom or something like that. So 
they were really great programs to be like kind of hyper focused on and really like take, you know, an hour or two hours to just like drill down into them. Um, so I really, I really valued the time that I spent in them. So what was one of the most important things that you both learned from the classes? Um, I, I would say, I mean, I, another class I took was, I believe it was like an After Effects um, workshop. And, you know, that's something I've been wanting to learn more about. Like I, I did a lot of freelance work with using After Effects and, and stuff like that um, before. But, um, you know, Adobe uh, programs are so vast and they have so many tools. And um, I guess for me, it was a way to just kind of see you know see what it's like from like a someone who really understands the program um and I, I guess it benefited me because it it made me more comfortable with using those type of programs like I wasn't a big fan of Premiere I know that Brick uses Premiere for a lot of their like editing work um I wasn't a fan of it only because um I have my own quarrels with with the company, but um, but they do have a great like it, it is very intuitive and it is actually something I use now quite a bit. And it's because of Brick that that I use a lot of um, Premiere for a lot of like whether it's my personal work or any work that we do, any media work that we do with uh, Extreme Kids and Crew. I I know for me um, this is, as Christian has mentioned, we're a relatively small organization, and so we do a lot of sort of figuring things out on the fly or sort of creating systems that we think will work for us and not the other way around. And I, in, in the social media class, we talked a lot sort of about kind of how a certain post or, or project or whatever it is that you're putting out there is actually received by the viewer, you know, and what is the format that they're receiving that in and and how can you actually measure that success? Like, are they engaging with it? Are they, is it having the intended uh, effect? And that's something that we've sort of tried to hone in on over the last couple of years. But again, being a small team and kind of having limited resources that can sometimes be difficult. So I really valued actually sitting down and going through and saying, hey, these are the things that you need to keep an eye out for, even if it's just on a regular Instagram post or something like that. Here are these sorts of things that can tell you how this post is doing or uh, how to grow the post the next time you do it or something like that. Um, and also how to take a more holistic view of like just what your feed looks like at a given point. Are people engaging in meaningful ways? Because if not, then it's obviously time to do um, a shift. Right. So it's been a few months since the grant program has ended. How do you feel about your media making skills now? And are you still creating content for Extreme Kids and Crew? Um, well, I can say I feel great about my skills um, right now. Um, and I'm, I'm antsy to put them to work some more. Um, we... I think we may have employed it a little bit and I won't speak for you because this was, this was the, the thing that you did. Um, but we, we created a video for our, uh, our gala, um, that 
we use some of those skills um, and storyboarding and that sort of thing to really sort of create a holistic feel for it. Um, I know we have other projects that we that we want to work on when we when we eventually find the time. <laughs> um, but Christian and I have have plenty of conversations about the different stories that we want to tell or the different projects we yeah. want to put out there. So it's never far from our minds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's it's it was incredibly helpful and it was really cool to be a part of the the, the media share share project. Um, and I, it's actually something I wouldn't want to try to do again. Um, in terms of like, you know, I. Uh, we were just so busy at the time with like so many different things happening in our our organization that I felt like there were still some opportunities that I, I wish I would have kind of, you know, whether it was to sign up for a particular workshop or um, or something like that. Like that, that's still something I still want to do. And I know that Brick has like still continues to reach out to us in regards to different classes and stuff like that. And that's that's really like appreciated and um and yeah we like alex said there's plenty of projects that like we're thinking about and we're like can we execute it like is it possible like um but you know i think that's the one thing that i don't think a lot of people know about like small nonprofits, like especially ones that like work with you know hundreds of people at a time um uh you know it's a lot of moving parts and it's a lot of work um, and so we, we just want to ensure that like, if we're going to do something like a, a big media project that we alloc allocate a lot of time to, to, to work on it, which is some, those are some of the skills that we took when we did the cohort about, you know, doing a lot of pre-production and how pre-production is really important to any work that you do, right? Like the planning part is so, uh, critical to like, however the, the end result is going to be and. I think that's that's something that we continue to like hold on to, um, and it, it's been really helpful. the The last project we worked on, which was for the gala, was really well received, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun to make. So during the grant program, you appeared with a producing mentor. Can you tell us about your experience working with her? Yeah, we were paired with Rachel Guma. Um, she was amazing to work with. She she brought a lot of um, really creative ways of thinking about how to sort of tell the various stories we wanted to tell or really how to craft our image to put our best foot forward. Um, and we ran through a lot of different ideas with her um, about kind of what direction we wanted the video to go in. And as helpful as she was kind of helping us think bigger and come up with these sort of, uh, these different strategies that we can employ she was also instrumental in i think really kind of making sure the project was compact and focused um i know that i have a tendency when i sort of work on a video project or something like that where i have less experience to really like want to go big or go home i want to do everything that i can in that given video and obviously if you try to do that you're not going to achieve most of the things you actually set out to do unless you have a i don't know a massive production team behind you um mm -hmm. so she was instrumental in really helping us make sure that like our eyes were on the prize and that we were strategic from the outset like christian was mentioning with things like pre-production 
And that really, I think, set us up for success and just generally a great working relationship with her. Do you have any advice for the cohort that's currently taking the grant program? Be open-minded and know that the things that you register for, like, aren't a waste of time. Like, every everything that Brick provides has so much content in the classes, and there's so much incredible and valuable information, especially if you're someone who's, like, really interested in, like, media work um, or, you know, you know film work. A- anything uh, in that sort of umbrella, I, I think, is um, it's super important to just, you know, be open-minded and, and – um, and just be willing to, to try things that maybe you didn't think you needed, but it, it could be helpful to activate an idea that you might have for something or, you know, or just really just getting to speak to other people and, and having that, you know, create those connections with other members of the cohort and, and, and things like that. So that, that's what I would say. Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing, really leveraging those relationships and connections that Brick is trying to forge, not just with the programs that uh, you guys are offering, um, which are also amazing, but again, also kind of it, it's building this community of nonprofits who do have a shared sort of um, vision of making Brooklyn, of making New York a better, more equitable and welcoming space. And people are thinking about things from so many different perspectives. It's incredibly valuable to talk with them and see how they're approaching their project. It may not work for you, but it might give you some better insight into how to better apply these skills to your own project to kind of see how someone else is thinking about them. Right. So what does the organization have planned for the rest of the year and into 2023? I could talk about <laughs> Alex is like you can you can have this one um so right now we're gearing up to start our fall cohort and we're uh doing a a, a slew of different programs uh the the biggest program that we're doing right now is our after school program which is starting in a couple of weeks um and we have our uh extreme kids and crew clubs um and our clubs include different programs like improv uh, gaming. And when I say gaming, I mean like video games. Uh, we're going to be doing a brand new uh, D&D club. Um, so for, you know, teens, kiddos who are interested in D&D, we, we're, we're going to have a few uh, dungeon masters who are actually going to be working with us um, to, to, to do that program. Um, and we're, we're doing like a uh, a gamer girls program, which is like a, 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 it's like our gaming program, but it's exclusively for um, people who identify um, as as women. And uh, and uh, you know we have other special events coming up um, as well. I know that we are going, we're gearing up to uh, prepare for the disability pride parade, uh, which is happening next month, um, which is like a big event. It's where a lot of uh, wonderful nonprofits and different organizations come together to kind of celebrate disability and be, you know, be proud of it. And uh, it's it's a really, really exciting 
um, event. Um, am I am I missing anything? I don't I don't think so. I don't think so either. I mean, we have some things in the works too. You know, yeah. uh, little projects <laughs> that are that us? are coming down the pipeline. <laughs> um, I mean, we've been what I, what I'll say is we've uh, we've been kind of building out some of our advocacy work uh, more lately, and that has manifested itself in a couple of panels featuring self-advocates and experts uh, in the kind of broader disability community. And so we're in, we're in early talks to try and pull something together for this winter as well. So that should be really exciting for folks who um, are interested in those sorts of conversations. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I look forward to all of these great things Extreme Kids and Crew is doing for the community. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we close the show? Um, I guess what I will say is that, you know, I know I mentioned a lot during this podcast that we're a really tiny team and, you know, we have a lot of uh, work and there's so much things happening. But, you know, being a small team kind of lends itself to having uh, more connections with your with, with your colleagues and, and that kind of makes the work a lot more fun and it makes it a lot easier and just generally something to look forward to. And I guess I'm saying like no matter if your team is very big or very small, um, if everyone's kind of on the same, you know, has the same idea like this is our mission, this is what we're going to do, um, you know, the possibilities are, are, are pretty much endless. And so, I don't know, I feel like that's an important sentiment to, to share. Yeah, I think that I would just say don't uh, take it for granted, pun intended. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like the, the resources that Brick affords nonprofits in these programs are really invaluable. And the kinds of things that... Um, a lot of nonprofits probably don't necessarily have access to um, either in time or, or resources or anything like that. And so really like bask in this experience because it's the kind of thing that I think a lot of um, people can use, but also uh, it's, I, it's a really unique experience for nonprofits, um, especially in New York. The landscape is so unique and Brick has so many connections to the community and to other organizations that I, you know, I encourage anyone going through the grant program to um, to to not blink or you might miss it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great point. Thank you so much, Alex and Christian, for joining us today on the Partnerships Podcast. And thank you to Jose Astorga, my audio engineer and key member of the Brick Operations team. To watch the videos Extreme Kids and Crew created during the Media Share program, please go to the Brooklyn Free Speech YouTube channel and click on the Media Share 2021 playlist.